This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 543 with Trudy LeBron. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 543. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. This episode is brought to you by Love Every. Love Every play kits are designed by experts for your child's developing brain. Take the guesswork out of your child's play by choosing Love Every today and get free shipping when you sign up. Go to loveevery.com slash shameless. That's L-O-V-E-V-E-R-Y dot com slash shameless. This episode is brought to you by Anna Luisa Jewelry. To get 10% off your order, go to analuisa.com slash shameless and use the code shameless at checkout. That's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A dot com slash shameless, code shameless at checkout. This episode is brought to you by Thrive Cosmetics. To save 15% off your first order, go to thrivecosmetics.com slash shameless. That's thrivecosmetics.com slash shameless. Trudy LeBron is an entrepreneur, coach, consultant, podcaster, and speaker working with social impact leaders and transformative coaches who want to increase the impact of their efforts. Trudy is the creator and head coach of Be a Boss, a personal and professional development program for millennial women of color, working with entrepreneurs to help them start social impact businesses and support social impact executives with leadership coaching, strategic planning, and creating systems and practices to bring alignment between your personal values and the way that you work. 
I asked Trudy to come on the show because I knew her story around motherhood as well as her deep impact in her professional work. And I've been dying to interview her for like two years now. So I can tell you this conversation was very much worth the wait. Listen in to hear Trudy share her experience of dropping out of high school and becoming a teen mom to two babies by the age of 16. How her traits of being stubborn and making her own rules served her very well as a young mom, and now as she's paved the way to multiple layers of success in her education and business. How she can see the privilege she carried as a teen mom and why seeing all our layers of privilege is so important. How attaining her GED all on her own was the most impactful lesson of her life. How the welfare system tried to make her choose between food stamps and getting her college education and how the system is systematically designed to keep people in the margins down. Her experience as a Latina mom and how it fueled her entire career. How she constantly chose to capitalize on her strengths in order to build success. And holy cow, has she done an amazing job. How she uses discernment around her role as a mother to black sons versus a business consultant in order to lead conversations around justice, diversity, equity, and inclusion work. How she was able to listen to the urgent needs of her industry last year to show up and serve in a completely transformational way. And why we need to move from consumption of race education to taking action toward equity now. Oh my goodness, this conversation was so good. So many nuggets in here. I mean, Trudy's story is just incredible. And the lessons that she learned through living her life as such a young mom are just, they're going to, first of all, like make your mommy heart explode, but also they're going to help you see how much potential we all have. And also they're going to make you check yourself. They're going to make you check yourself in terms of how you walk through the world as a person who does carry privilege in some way on probably many levels. And they're going to make you check yourself and call you to action. So with all that said, I'm so excited and incredibly honored to be introducing you to Trudy LeBron. Trudy LeBron, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm excited and really, really honored to have you here today. Thank you for having me. I'm going to tell people I like to always give context around how I know people. So we met in a mastermind group a couple of years ago, and we got to experience like being together in community with all sorts of entrepreneurs doing all sorts of things. And I have to say my observation of you was your observation skills. I love people who like sit and take it all in. I think you're a sit and take it all in person. Am I right? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I love that. Cause that's kind of how I'm like, we're going to sit back and see like, what's going on here. Who's doing what, and then figure out like, okay, where am I going to make my place in this space? So I got to see you do that. And oh my goodness, not only did you do it in that space, but also in the time since we were in that group. So I left that group about a year ago and no, yeah, right around a year ago. And in that time, you have had this huge level of growth. I was going to say transformation. You were already doing tremendous work in the space of race and education and really, really important stuff, but you have just skyrocketed the way that you show up and serve. And we're going to talk about show up and serve in a minute, but you've really skyrocketed the way that you've done that in order to serve so many more people in the last year and have really, really massive impact. So how is all that feeling? You know, it's feeling amazing and also hard because it's heavy work, but I feel, you know, I have been doing this work for a really long time, formally since 2008, like going into school systems, talking about diversity and race and, you know, all these things. And for the ability to do this work at the scale that I'm doing it now, 
it's just such a privilege. Like it's hard and all, you know, all of those other things. And also like every time I jump on Instagram live and people sit and watch what I have to say, like, I just feel this deep gratitude Mm. uh, because it's heavy work. And there's a lot of people who, you know, who have lots of things to say and that people give me a little bit of their digital life. You know, I really honor that. I love that. Can you tell us what beyond your bio, tell us a little bit about the dynamics of your personal and professional life right now and what you're most excited about? Yeah. So, you know, I am in a place of, you know, there's growth happening in all of the ways. So the company is growing. My platform is growing the person, but the company and like the personal brand aspect of it is also growing. And you know, I also bought a home last year with my partner and we have, I was hoping you were going to say that. Cause I was yeah. going to throw it in there if you didn't. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a big, like, and I've, I haven't, I wasn't a homeowner before and we have six children between the two of us. And most of them are adults now. And, you know, there, and we homeschool the youngest one. And so there's a lot, and we have a giant dog that looks like a horse. <laughs> it's like, there's a lot of change happening all over the place. So it's a lot to take in. I think what I'm most excited about, actually, I do know what I'm most excited about. So I just got a book deal. Yay! And that is probably the thing that I'm most excited about in this moment, on top of all the other things that we're doing, because just for so long, I've wanted to write a book that is going to be published by you know a publisher. I'm with Row House Publishing, which is a new publishing firm or publishing house rather that is actually whose business practices are very much aligned with what I teach. So it's really exciting to be able to put all of my ideas in a, in a book without the pressure of academia, because most of the writing that I'm used to doing is like academic writing. So I'm happy to not have that level of pressure. So it could be this, it feels like a hybrid of like a creative project, but also my work, you know, like this of my work. So I'm super excited about that. Oh my gosh. That's so exciting. Yeah. When you mentioned, you announced that you were going to be writing a book and you were going to be working with Row House. I was really excited to see that. And I mean, not that I would expect anything less from you, but I also was immediately like, oh my gosh, like, of course she picked this newer publishing company. That's like so aligned and clear around its values. And for many people probably don't pay that much attention to publishing houses, but there's a lot of publishing houses that don't have great, either don't have great brand alignment or just have zero core values. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I was talking with my agent about it and she was like, you know, this is a new house. Like it's a risk. And I was like, yeah, I feel like that's my whole life, man. Like, I feel like, you know, my whole life has been just like paving a new way. Right. So like, I think it feels really aligned. Oh my gosh. I love that. Okay. So I'm glad that you said that because that is a theme in your life. And one of the things when we first met and I learned when we were in this mastermind group together, I learned that the work that you did and obviously immediately recognized that it was really significant and really important, but I knew nothing about your background. And then over time, probably through stalking your podcast episodes, I think is how I found out, but I started learning more and more about your, where you came come from and your experience as a mother and holy cow, I was like, I want Trudy to come on the Jingles Mom Academy and tell her story because your story, especially as it relates to motherhood, is definitely a story of paving your own way. And I've heard you say that like, you know, in ways that odds were stacked against you. And yet here you are like with this really incredible life that you built for yourself. And so can you tell us about your journey into motherhood and what that looked like for you? Yeah, yeah, of course. So I 
was a teen mom of, and a really young teen mom. I think, you know, there is a version of teen motherhood where someone is 18 and 19 and a young mom and, you know, like trying to figure out their life. I birthed my son when I was 15 years old, my oldest son. And then I had a second son when I was 16. So I was 16 years old. I was dropped. I had dropped out of high school in ninth grade. I had my son when I was in ninth grade because, you know, I mean, imagine what it's like to be a ninth grader, like pregnant, you know, like very visibly pregnant and teacher. And this was in the late nineties and, you know, teachers had a whole lot of things to say about it. And, you know, people, you know, friends, not as much because I grew up in a city where it wasn't actually uncommon, not that it was normal, but it wasn't like the craziest thing to, you know, there were definitely other young people who had been pregnant, Mm -hmm. but you know, the adults were certainly unfriendly about it and I didn't like school anyway. And so I took the opportunity to make my exit. And so, yeah, I was 16 years old, high school dropout with two babies, you know, like a one-year-old baby and a newborn. And I kind of like, I always say this, right? The very things that got me into a lot of trouble when I was a young child were the things that got me out of it as a young adult, like the stubbornness that I was constantly, you know, attributed for like to and all the not, you know, wanting to make my own rules and not liking to follow the rules and just wanting to be grown. And, you know, like all of those things were the things that when I was, you know, well, I was there being, you know, a mom that young. I was like, no, I'm not going to listen to all these people who are telling me that my life is over, that I should give my kids up, you know, that I should, Mm -hmm. that I'm going to be poor forever, you know, like that the outcomes for my life were dire. I'll never have an education. I was like, yeah, no, I'm not. I don't agree. Like I won't participate in that narrative. And so very admirable for a 15 or 16 year old that you like, it sounds like you were not impressionable. No, or not by traditional people's opinions, at least. Yeah, And that was the thing, right? Is that like, again, when I was in young, when I was in middle school and even elementary school and people were like, oh, like, this is what you have to do. Like, you have to follow these rules and you have to, you know, whatever, like you have to get these good grades. I was like, yeah, no, (laughs) not for me, you know? So that's why I say it's the same, it's the same things that kind of got me in trouble, what you might think of as like, you know, my father's always like, Trudy's the one that gave us all the problems. (laughs) Yeah. But you're like, that's also like all the same things. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all the reasons that I'm also like wildly successful. Thank you. Exactly. 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 (laughs) Oh my goodness. So when you were a 16 year old mom with two little babies, were you living at home? Did you have home support? Like what did that all look like? Yeah. So I was living with my mom. My parents got divorced when I was in maybe elementary school, but my father like lived down the street from where we lived. He was always like very involved. So yeah, I lived with my mom and I would go to my dad's like, cause my parents had like this kind of split custody arrangement. So I would like go spend weekends at my dad's with my kids. And yeah. And that was interesting. It's like a whole different <laughs> level or layer of a custody agreement. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. And so thankfully, like they were, you know, supportive. They didn't, you know, I always, especially now that, you know, my work is talking, I talk a lot about obviously privilege and race. And I, again, I've been doing that work for a long time. I had the privilege, like I can look back on my story and kind of say, like, I was privileged that I was a 16 year old 
young person with kids and didn't get kicked out of my house. Had I gotten kicked out of my house at 15 or 16 years old, maybe my life wouldn't look the way that it does right now. You know, I never was homeless. You know, I I wasn't going to be homeless because even though I was very poor, like I had moments in my life where I was very, very poor, like the worst case scenario was always going to be that I just moved back in with my mom. You know what I mean? Like if I would, and that is a privilege, like that's not Mm -hmm. ideal by any stretch of imagination. I was still like on welfare and, you know, sometimes I didn't have gas in my house and I was heating up water on the stove to bathe the kids, you know, as when I was older, you know, maybe 20, 21 years old, but like, I was not going to be homeless. You know what I mean? So I can look back, even though I had all these disadvantages and I was in the margins, there were still some level of, of safety net. And those are privileges. Like we don't think of those as privileges Mm -hmm. because they're, again, they're not ideal, but I have to acknowledge that like, when I tell my story of like, yeah, I was 16 and dropped out of high school. And now I have this like huge, you know, business and this beautiful house and blah, blah, blah. I have to own the advantages that I had, even if they're small, you know, because otherwise what happens is that people start to say, well, you're 16 and pregnant. Look at what Trudy did. Like you can do the same thing, you know, and those are dangerous narratives. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I so appreciate you pointing out those, that layer of privilege that to your point that people would see is not ideal, but still definitely fall under the skies of privilege because First of all, I think that we always like have get to choose the narrative that we build around our stories. And I think that that is a significant one for you to have that perspective. But I also think that it also forces those of us that had even more privilege to look and be like, oh, holy cow, like I'm going to check myself again, because if a teen mom of two kids at the age of 16 and having dropped out of high school can see her privilege. Like I'm going to need to check myself a little bit to say, you know, when I, when I'm talking about where I've come from and what I've been through. And I think that's important for us to all acknowledge. Absolutely. And I, you know, I have done a bunch of things. I have a master's degree in psychology. I focus my master's degree work around actually around like mentoring and coaching and like healthy mentor and coaching practices for Mm -hmm. young people, for adolescents, particularly teen moms. And so I was, I spent a lot of time looking at the data that showed the differences in the outcome between, you know, a teen mom that did get kicked out and one that didn't get kicked out or, you know, some of the other places that I had advantages. I didn't have any learning disabilities, for example. Not only did I not have learning disabilities, but that I was actually quite exceptionable, you know, in my academic capabilities, Mm -hmm. right. That I had a strong capacity for like the English language, that I'm a citizen of the United States, right? Mm -hmm. Like all of these things contribute to what I have been able to do. And if people have these different barriers and different aspects, their identities that make it harder, they're just less likely to have certain outcomes. Absolutely. This episode is supported by Love Every. Watching your little one grow and learn is the best feeling in the world, but finding the right toys to help them grow and learn can be challenging. I know I was always guessing and second guessing myself and reading 1 million Amazon reviews before I bought any any toys. So Love Every has you covered. Love Every's play kits are designed by experts for your child's developing brain. 
every play kit is tailored to your child's exact learning stage so they have the right toys at the right time with new play kits delivered every few months that grow with your child. So we gifted Love Every to our neighbors who have a little boy. He got his first kit when he was like six months old and then we re-gifted, not re-gifted, we gifted him another kit now that he's two and a half. And oh my gosh, his parents were so excited about it and he loved it. And here's the thing, we overthink what our kids need and we make things like really tricky and complicated and often they need really simple things for their developmental stage and they're really intrigued by simple things. So all of the Love Every Play Kits come with unique one-of-a-kind activities and play things that are built to endure plenty of play. Oh my gosh, these are like wooden, really high quality, really nice toys that last, like they can take a beating. Each kit also comes with a play guide that's packed with tips and ways to actually engage with the toys. Because here's the other thing, as a grown up, like you don't know how to play at the right developmental stage with your child. So Love Every gives you a little play kit with tips so that you can engage with your child at the right place in the right way for where they're at. I love this kit so much. Our neighbors have been so excited to get these kits. So take the guesswork out of your child's play. Choose Love Every today and get free shipping when you sign up to receive your play kits at loveevery.com slash shameless. That's L-O-V-E-V-E-R-Y dot com slash shameless for free shipping. Loveevery.com slash shameless. So as a ninth grade dropout, did you envision yourself as, what did you envision your future to be when you were in the ninth, when you <laughs> left school in the ninth grade? Cause I'm, were you always like, I'm going to totally like end up with a master's obviously. <laughs> I didn't think I would end up with a master's degree, but I wanted to be more, I actually wanted to be like a hip hop musician. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. I did. I, so I was pretty like when I was a young person and, you know, around that age, I did a lot of like singing and rapping. And I did a lot of performances in the community. Like that was what I wanted to do. I played a bunch of instruments, but so I didn't necessarily think I'll also remember hated school. (laughs) Right. Right. I know this is where I'm like, this is so ironic. Like the person who hated school gets her master's degree and works in academia. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So I didn't know, but that's also because I didn't understand, like, I didn't know how smart I was. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know because I didn't go to the best schools. I didn't have people around me who went to college. Like I didn't, that wasn't part of the path that was put in front of us. I just knew that I didn't do school well. Like I couldn't follow rules. I couldn't sit still, you know, I couldn't focus. So to me, that's what school was. And so I didn't want any parts of it. What I didn't understand was that like... This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily, It's very digestible, and the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, 
IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. I was actually really smart and that I could like read and interpret data and write really well. Like I didn't know those things about myself until much later. Yeah. So you wanted to be a hip hop artist. Yeah. And, so that, and did like, did you think that was going to be the thing that lifelong career? Huh? I mean, I don't know. I think at some point, just like a lot of people, like a lot of young kids who grew up in the community that I grew up in, we all want to be like rappers and basketball players. Because <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what we think is like the way out. Like we think yeah. that that's the way to make enough money to lift us out of poverty. We don't know, you know, like we would have teachers tell us like, we don't do this for the money. We don't even get paid, you know? So who wants to be a teacher when you have teachers telling you that they don't do it for the money or social workers? Like, you know what I mean? Who like, we just know that they're not, that's, they live down the street. Like that's not the way out. You know what I mean? It's a, it's honorable. Those are honorable, but it's Mm -hmm. not going to get you out of the hood quote unquote, right? Yeah. I think that's such an important point that your vision and perspective and the narrative around the quote unquote, the way out, I'm guessing there weren't a lot of people or there wasn't a modeling. And like you said, even in the the caretakers of the community where you, people of a young age would be like, yeah, so I want to go get my master's degree. Like that didn't oh, yeah, seem no. like the way out. That didn't seem attainable, first of all, but also didn't probably seem desirable. Yeah, not at all. Like, I can't even remember the first person that I met that 
I remember being like, oh, this person has a graduate degree. I mean, I'm sure that teachers did have that, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't part of the conversation. Like at that, it is now like school. I have worked in schools, like in my professional career. And like, it's a big thing for teachers to talk about like the school that they went to and like rally a lot of pride around, you know, the collegiate like opportunities. But when I was in school in the eighties and nineties, that was not like the thing that people were talking about. It was just like, get your high school diploma. (laughs) Like if you can just do that. And also you'll be lucky if you get your high school diploma, because half of y'all won't even make it, you know, so that, and that was like the dominant thing. So I wanted to be a rapper, (laughs) but then like, so basically what happened was I homeschooled myself through the rest of my high school education. I remember I got a GED book and I would sit and study for hours. My mom often tells this story of her like leaving in the morning and I'd be sitting in the chair, like working through these math problems, like step-by-step-by-step. By step by step. This was like before Google or anything else, you know? And she would leave for work and come back home and I would be in the same position. Like that's all Which I Which is did. incredible for a ninth grade dropout. Like the yeah. assumption would be that you would not be capable of doing that, of sitting and studying in this book independently like that. The assumptions right. that we have about kids who drop out of school. And that's like an incredible amount of discipline and determination. Yeah. And this was really what was transformative for me is that when I realized that I could do that, I was like, oh, I can do anything. Like I just taught Amazing. myself trigonometry. Like I just I learned it by reading something. And like doing it, there's like nothing I can't do. Like when learning that was probably the most impactful lesson of my entire life. And so I got my GED a year early, a year before I would have graduated high school and started college the same year that I would have entered my senior year of high school. Which is, I mean, can we just pause on that? That you went and got your GED on your own. You have two babies and now you're going to, after dropping out, now you're going to start college a year early. Yep. And I was like determined and no one was going to tell me anything. Like I remember having conversations with, I tracked down a teacher, a professor in an elevator because the school administration was telling me that I needed to take these like remedial courses, like these non-credit courses to, you know, for remediation. And I was like, I don't have time for that. Like this is I'm paying, you know, it was a grant, you know, it wasn't like me actually paying for it, but I was like, this is money that like is going to be paid. I should be able to take the course that I want to pay, like that I want to take and tracking down a professor in an elevator and being like, I need you to sign this paper so that I can be in this credit course. Cause I don't have time to be taking non-credit courses in college. If I fail, that's my responsibility, but I know that I can pass this class. Absolutely. Okay. I heard you tell a story and I'm trying to remember what episode it was in on one of your various podcasts because you have more than one podcast, which we will get to all that because I want to make sure you promote all your stuff. But you were telling the story of being on assistance. I think it was welfare, some sort of government assistance and that you went in to get your money and that you were told that you couldn't that you weren't going to be eligible if you were going to be putting that, was it towards your master program? No. So this was still undergraduate. So yeah, I was pretty young. I was like 19 years old and I went in like when you're on welfare, you have to go in and meet with people like recertify, like reapply or whatever. And yeah. And I was there and I was explaining and I looked very, I looked even much younger than I was. I still look much younger than I am. People are Mm -hmm. always shocked to hear how old I am. But so I was in the office with the guy and I was telling him that I couldn't, he wanted me to work full-time. He was like, oh, do you work? I was like, yeah, I got a part-time job. And he was like, why aren't you working full-time? 
And I told him, I can't work full time because I'm in school full time. And he was like, oh, that's so great that you're in school. It's really important that you get your high school education, you know, and I stopped him and I was like, oh, no, I'm in college. Like I already have. I had already actually been in college for a year. I was like, no, I'm in college down the street at the community college and I work on campus part time. And his whole demeanor changed. And he said, I'll never forget these words. He said, whose idea was that? Yeah, I will never forget that. And it was such a moment of like powerlessness and like, it was so bad. And then he went on to explain to me how the rules of welfare, I don't know if they've changed since then, but at that time, the rules were were that if you were like able-bodied and an adult, in order to maintain your benefits, you had to work like You had to be engaged in an approved program or working full-time. And they wouldn't count college education as part of the approved program because it basically took too long. I know, I know. Because you couldn't like finish college fast and get a job. Mm. Like it takes, so it wasn't approved. So he wanted, he was like encouraging me to drop out of like college and go take like a certification program, like a certified nurse aide or billing assistant, like something quick that I could just get like a skill and go work full time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, that's not going to happen because I knew again, that stubbornness, right. Not not wanting that. I was like, forget these rules. I don't care what you're talking about. And he explained to me that if I didn't, that my, the benefits that I got, like the food stamps that I got and the cash assistance that I got would be reduced. So I would be penalized for choosing to continue to stay in college. Uh, And when I was listening to the story, I immediately thought like, and this is how systems of oppression work. This is exactly it. Yeah. And so, yeah, we're going to keep you in the system where you actually have less of an opportunity for education than you already had coming from schools that weren't great. And like, you're already trying so hard to fight yourself way out of that. And of course, like there's already all these layers of the people in the system are way higher ratio of people of color and yeah. of non-citizen, like all these layers of all that are going to make it harder. Right. And well, not only that, but that those jobs are low paying jobs. Right. Like I right. go get a certification to be a certified nurse's aide to what go make $12 an hour. Like, right. Oh yeah. That story was really striking. And I was wanting to make sure that we touched on that because I think that it's important for people to hear how hard it is. <laughs> like you've addressed so many layers of like, again, going back to like finding your way out that what you have, like you're lacking modeling, you're lacking information, you're lacking access to things. And then you go to try to find your own way and being like with clear, like an accelerated level of determination and discipline and desire. And still (laughs) the system is like, actually, no cute that you want to get your degree, but that's not going to happen. Exactly. And again, I will say that, you know, I certainly wasn't the only person put in that scenario, right. Who needed to make a choice between pursuing college or going and just getting a job. right? Right. And there are plenty of people who make the choice to just go get a job because that's what they have to do because of their life circumstances. But I knew again, that the worst case scenario was that I would just have to like live at home. You know what I mean? Like, so I could make the choice to like bet on me and my future, even if that meant a temporary negative impact on my immediate quality of life, because I wouldn't have as much money, but I was willing to make that temporary sacrifice, but I made it because I could, because mm-hmm. I knew that it was that as bad as it could get, I, that I would still probably be okay. Right. 
This episode is supported by Ana Luisa. Ana Luisa was founded to bring clarity to the jewelry industry. Oh my goodness. I am so excited to be partnering with Ana Luisa. When I first went to their website, I fell in love with all their pieces. They have beautiful, everyday, timeless, affordable, high quality, very luxurious jewelry. I got two pairs of earrings. I got one set of small gold hoops and one set of bigger gold hoops. And then I got a beautiful ring. And oh my goodness, every piece just feels so gorgeous and stunning and classic and timeless. And I feel like I'm going to have these pieces forever. I picked them thinking like these will last me forever. They're never going to go out of style. I also love that Ana Luisa is carbon neutral and they have an exceptional quality warranty, meaning that they offer a 365 day warranty. Oh my goodness. They are here to make sure that you are happy with your purchase while they are also being kind to the environment. You know, I love a company with a mission. Okay. So Ana Luisa, all their jewelry actually has really great pricing already. Their jewelry starts at just $39. But on top of that, they're offering our listeners 10% off. So when you go to analuisa.com slash shameless, you're going to get this discount. That's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A.com slash shameless. And then you use the code shameless at checkout to get your 10% off. When you go to their site, you're going to see their stunning necklaces and bracelets and rings and earrings, and you're going to have a hard time deciding what you want. So just get a little bit of everything. <laughs> like I said, their prices are already really reasonable and then you get this 10% discount. Treat yourself. I'm guessing that you didn't get all the treats that you totally desire on Mother's Day. So I'm inviting you to just go treat yourself on your own. Like not even that you need that excuse, but just go do it. So I want you to go check out everything at Ana Luisa by going to analuisa.com. That's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A.com slash shameless. Use the code shameless at checkout to get your 10% off. That's analuisa.com slash shameless to go treat yourself and use my code shameless at checkout. So how did your experience as a teen mom inform your career trajectory? Like, oh man. Yeah. And I mean, we've already started to show, I mean, (laughs) you've already started to show like your tenacity and like determination around education. And so I feel like that just must be like a glimpse of kind of what you started to be able to see as possible, but kind of fill in some more around that. Yeah, for sure. So the other dynamic I'm realizing where on a podcast, people can't see me. Right. So I am a light skinned biracial woman. My mother is white and my father is Afro-Latino. So there was another dimension of me, like growing up with this, like mixed identity, not feeling like I fit in, like really being hyper aware of race, like throughout my whole life. And then that was further exacerbated when you become like a Latina teen mom. Now you're just all the way the stereotype, right? Mm-hmm. So all of this definitely fueled my entire career. So I, after I finished college, I went right into working in the social justice field. I actually went into, while I was in school, I was working in after school programs, like in the very school that I went to elementary school. And there's so many of these like full circles in my life. So I became like the after school supervisor for like after school enrichment programs in my elementary school, the elementary school that I went from kindergarten to fifth grade, you know, it was crazy. There was a picture of me as a young girl in the office when I was working. (laughs) It was wild. Oh my gosh. I love it. Yeah. So, and then I went from there to my first real full-time job was as the program coordinator for the very teen mom program that I was a client in. Whoa. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. So I was like working with teen moms and this was at the same time. It's around this time where I go into grad school and start really studying how the systems are built and like all this information about like 
funding and youth intervention and welfare systems and really starting to understand how the system is really fixed to keep people having to make choices that keep them you know, oppressed that keep them in the system that they're in, you know, lower wage, you know, within living in the same communities that they live in, needing support. So I'm doing that graduate level research. I'm working with teen moms. And then I start really specializing in coaching and training. Like, cause my thing was like, I can only work with so many teen moms and like young Mm -hmm. people, but if I train other people on how to do this work, well, then the impact is faster, right? Like we have a bigger impact. So I started doing training for other youth development professionals. And now I have like, I've gotten my master's degree and, you know, I'm known in the community as a facilitator and trainer and someone who really understands mentoring and coaching and adolescent like prevention and things like that. And then I start getting into that work, obviously, because we're talking about social systems, we're talking about race and identity. And I start training for national organizations on diversity, equity, and inclusion and going into school systems. And it just like evolved from there. And then at one point I was like, I'm never going to make enough money to like pay for school. First of all, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like pay back my student loans or buy a home or do anything. If I just stay in the nonprofit world, I'm going to have to start a business. So I started side hustling and eventually and really getting into business. And then so my interest in like race, equity, diversity, inclusion, and business and coaching kind of all emerged. And I was like, I see my future. Like I see exactly the lane that I am like kind of gonna carve out for myself because the business world didn't have the social or needed training around like the social justice consciousness that the nonprofit world already had, but the nonprofit world really lacked the business sense of the business world. And I really loved that. And then the same with coaching. I was like, I need to bring this work into the coaching and like online business space because I also have this life where I'm like, I have all these kids and I don't want to have to be in a workplace all day and I want to be able to travel. And so it just made a lot of sense. So yeah, so that's kind of how, and you know, in the middle of that somewhere I picked up enrolled in a PhD program, I've done all of my PhD coursework. So I'm ABD, I have to write my dissertation, but I'm kind of busy. So I'll get around, I'll get around to it. After the best-selling book, after (laughs) there's just so much happening, but yeah, but that's kind of how it all unfolded. Right. It was just like, I just saw, you know, driven by this social change work and then kind of capitalizing on my own strengths as a trainer, as a coach, as an academic, and really as someone who can interpret information well, right? I can read academic journals and books quite quickly, and I can digest it and like teach people who don't really have an interest in like reading an academic journal or like, you know what I mean? Like being connected to that kind of body of work. Yeah. So that's how I got here. And then five years ago, I left, but maybe six now, six years ago, I like said goodbye to my full-time job. And I've been doing this like full-time ever since. That's just amazing. I love that you just said that you chose to capitalize on your strengths, because I think that first of all, that takes like a pause and like some introspection and some big decision-making to decide that like, I could keep going on this trajectory, but I'm going to like really acknowledge where I really shine and where I shine in other ways, in ways that other people don't. And I'm going to really lean into that. And I've seen you do that, especially in the last year. And I kind of, I want to talk about that piece as well. When I first met you, you were working 
I think you were still doing, you were partnering with academic institutions, with colleges and doing things in academia still. And then you were working with companies as well. And I remember one of the things that you said in one of the first mastermind meetings we were at, you were talking about how diversity, equity, and inclusion work should not be crisis management work. And I remember at the time, the way that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding was the way that most companies worked with DEI consultants was like, well, we wait till we have this like major problem and we're going to get sued or get in big trouble or get all this awful publicity. And then we would call in someone like Trudy to like, help us put a bit of a bandaid on it so we can fix it. And you were like, this is not how it works. (laughs) And now you've had the opportunity to I mean, the world has made it clear that that's not how that works, first of all. And you have the opportunity, again, capitalizing on your strengths, that you last spring, you saw this urgent need to serve after the murder of George Floyd, and you were just like, let's go. I mean, within hours or day or something, I mean, you had this like, I'm going to show up, I'm going to do this workshop, I'm going to get people involved in this, this is a conversation that needs to be happening, and it was absolutely like you going right into your wheelhouse and like doing the thing that most people wouldn't do. And the response was wild. And do you want to talk a little bit about that? Cause yeah. I when watching that from the outside. I was like, this is incredible to watch. It was wild. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. So first I'll just give just a little more specific context. So George Floyd was murdered And then what was happening, I actually didn't speak about that publicly. And I usually actually don't. And the reason I don't is because when Black men get murdered, 
it's almost too personal for me to be able to show up online and start talking about it because I have black sons. My partner is a black man who, you know, we live in central Connecticut. Like, although we live in cities in close proximity to the city that I grew up in, that is quite diverse. It's still very scary to see what can happen. And, you know, every time a black man is killed, I look and I'm just like, that could be my son, that could be my father, like that could be my partner, you know? So, and my work is very, to to use the word niche, right? Like I talk about this work within the context of business and I have made that intentional choice because doing the work more broadly and generally is just too much of an emotional, there's just too much for me because of the proximity to what's happening in the world that I've had to distance. I've just had to realize that that's not work that I can do and maintain myself, you know what I mean? And like, be okay. Yeah. Yeah. So talking about this work through business provides me enough of a distance from it. Obviously not that I don't care, but allows me to enough emotional distance that I can be professional and Mm -hmm. think critically and guide people because I don't want to be guiding people from a place of my deep emotional reaction. Some people do that work And it's incredible that they take that on. And some of those people are my friends and colleagues and I love them. And that's just not my work. Right. And can I ask a clarifying question? Yeah, for sure. So I'm assuming that you mean like you can do this work through the lens of a business consultant versus like through the lens of a mother. Yeah. Does that, I mean, not that motherhood doesn't come into it, not that you don't have that in the back of your mind, but like that boundary is important because of the emotional connection. Yeah. Which is why when, you know, when there are things that happen in the world, I don't come on Instagram and just start talking about them generally. Like I'm not giving a play by play of what's happening when black and brown people are murdered in the street. It's not work. I'm just thinking about it, getting emotional. Like I can't, it's not work I can do. What I can do is do like the play by play of the rush on the Capitol or what happened with Rachel Hollis, like, because they're not personal. You know what I mean? There's Mm -hmm. enough of a distance psychologically and emotionally that I can talk about those things and give updates and kind of break them down and critique them and teach about them through the lens of like a case study because Mm -hmm. they're not like, affecting my family. You know what I mean? Like day to day. So what happened after the murder of George Floyd was businesses started to talk about their response to it. And some of them really mishandled their responses. Mm -hmm. And that's my lane. So there were a couple businesses, some of them in the coaching industry Mm -hmm. that were, you know, making public statements. And a lot of people were really upset about the positions that some companies were making. And there was a lot of confusion about why people were upset, what people should say. People are like, I don't know what to say. I feel fearful that I'll say the wrong thing, you know? And that is where I was like, oh, that's my expertise. Like, this is what I can teach about. And literally within one thing happening in 24 hours, in less than 24 hours, almost immediately we put up I did this live kind of breaking down one of the situations that happened that was being shared so fast. And there were so many people in my DMS asking me questions that one of the members, a very smart, insightful member of my team was like, you need to do a workshop about this. And I was like, yeah, that's great. Let's do a workshop on Thursday. She was like, let's do a workshop tomorrow. Yeah. And we were in a Facebook group at that time. And you were like, oh my gosh, hundred people signed up. Oh my gosh, 200 people. Signed up. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. We put up a super simple landing page. This was a Sunday afternoon that this mm-hmm. workshop happened. So Saturday afternoon, all everything's breaking down. People are inboxing me. My team is like, throw up a landing page, just do a workshop tomorrow. And like, yeah, 
we had 600 people sign up and like it within 24 hours, I kept having to upgrade zoom. It was crazy. (laughs) At one point I was told my team, I was like, okay, like we're at capacity. And they were like, absolutely not. Like, do not close this registration. Like this message needs to get to as many people Mm -hmm. as we can keep it open, do whatever you have to do on zoom, like pay whatever you have to do. Just like get as many people paying attention as possible. And that's what we did. And we had hundreds of people on that call on a Sunday afternoon. I was on that call. And what was amazing about that is that your message and to your point around doing this through the lens of business consultant, and you had so many levels of people in the coaching space, people who'd been doing this for a long time, who were wildly successful to like people who were brand new to people who just wanted to learn more. I mean, it was really fascinating to see the audience that you have pulled in for that. Yeah. It was really special for me to see because yeah, there were people on that call. I mean, I had to like, there were some people on that call that I was like, Oh my God, I can't even believe (laughs) like that. This person is, I didn't even know they knew who I was. Like it it was crazy. Like people who had these massive platforms, I've been listening to their podcast. I went to their events. You know what I mean? Like it was really incredible. And I will say that it was also this moment of deep confirmation that all the work that I have been doing for five years, like trying to break quote unquote, break into the coaching industry, that all of it had worked Yeah, because not that it worked, but that it was all worth it because I had spent so much time when I was working in nonprofits, I would take vacation days to go to professional coaching conferences. You know what I mean? Like I would right. be like taking vacation days to go do work and you yeah. know, like build my side hustle. And I would go, And I would be the first one in line at, you know, world domination summit, or I'd be, you know, like wherever it was like shaking people's hands and making conversation and not missing any time, like just really, and really just not because I wanted anything, but because like, I just wanted to build authentic relationships with people and offering to get on the phone and offering to teach free and getting on any podcast that I could, and just really trying to be of service. And so when I was on that call, seeing that I was like, It was just this deep moment of confirmation that all of that time and money and investment and sacrifice that I'd made and sacrifice that my partner has made for, for me to be flying all over the world, you know what I mean? Like going to these things and he's like taking care of the kids on this, like, you know, anyone who's in the coaching industry knows it's a special kind of place. And if you're not tapped in, it's almost like it doesn't exist. So he doesn't get it. And he's just trusting that like everything that I'm doing is going to work out, you know? Yeah. It's one of those um, moments where like all those years of hustle, all of a sudden are solidified in this moment of like, this is what I laid the groundwork for. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what it was. It was such, it was really incredible. This episode is supported by Thrive Cosmetics. Oh, I love my Thrive. Okay, so a couple of years ago, I stopped getting lash extensions because I just got sick of the upkeep and the expense and all the things. But I really missed having luscious lashes. It's true, I did. I really wanted to make my lashes like as beautiful and as thick and as full and as long as they had previously been with fake lashes. And so someone turned me on to Thrive Mascara, their liquid lash extensions mascara, and I have never turned back. I love, love, love this. I use it all the time and probably three to five times a week, someone will DM me or comment on one of something I put up on social media to ask me like, what kind of mascara do you use? Or do you have lash extensions? Or where do you get your lashes done? It's all my Thrive liquid lash, all of it. I love it, love it, love it. So I love Thrive because I love their products. I also use their eye brightener, which is magic for brightening the eyes. It makes me feel at least 10 years younger. 
But here's the other thing. I love that they are cruelty-free, they're 100% vegan, and they have their bold mission of bigger than beauty. So for every product purchase, they donate something, other products to help women thrive, meaning women who are emerging from homelessness, surviving domestic abuse, fighting cancer, and more. You know I love a company with a mission. So I love their products. Their products are some of my favorites, the best I've ever used, and their bigger than beauty mission is truly inspiring. You're going to love them as much as I do. Visit thrivecosmetics.com/shameless for 15% off your first order. This is an exclusive offer you can only get here. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C A U S E M E T I C S.com/shameless for 15% off your first order. thrivecosmetics.com/shameless and so like I said I was on that call it was phenomenal I'm actually now in your equity centered coaching collective group which is also phenomenal for people who have coaching businesses and they want to be in community with other coaches who want to lead through this lens of justice and equity inclusion and diversity but now and what got this pot by the way okay So I have wanted to have Trudy on the show for like a year and a half. And when we were in the same mastermind group, I just like didn't get around to asking. And then we not weren't the group. I left the group and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to ask her soon. I'm going to ask her soon. And literally for a year now, I've been like, well, she's too busy. She's too busy because now like you're your level of work has just catapulted into these amazing places. And so I'm sitting here laughing. I'm looking at a post-it note for my 2021 dream guests. And your name is literally the first one on the list. (laughs) And it's like a short list I made in January, but like, here you are. And the reason I asked you to come was because you're taking what you did a year ago. And which was this event that you like were able to, again, decide to capitalize on your strengths and put this together in just 24 hours and get this massive response and show up and serve in such a beautiful way. And now you're taking it this year and you're again, capitalizing on your strengths around like, how can I lead in community and attract the people who need the support and want to do this work? And now it's not a two hour workshop, but now it's going to be a two day event. So can you talk about this transformation? And I want people listening who, and kind of say who it's for, because I want people listening. I think there's so many listeners who could benefit from being a part of this two-day event that you're going to be doing for show up and serve in 2021. And that's, I think what you're doing is just critical and also really powerful. And you're doing it in a way that I think is accessible to so many people who need it. So I want you to kind of share how you're doing it now. Thank you. Yeah. So it was a big decision to decide to evolve the show up and serve workshop that we did last year to make it an event this year, a two-day event. And my dream now is that this becomes an annual event and that someday we are all in person. Yes, yes, yes. I cannot wait. But yeah, so what we're doing is, again, seeing the gap, right? Seeing that we have now been through a year of hyper-awareness around equity, inclusion, anti-racism, and diversity, right? The work has been there all along, but again, this hyper-awareness. And a lot of people are taking these courses, which is great, and reading the books and listening to the podcast, which is great, do all those things. And I'm seeing, just like I saw five years ago, that this was the direction that the work would be heading in. I'm seeing that the work is actually going to evolve again. And the work around diversity, equity, and inclusion needs to move past kind of this theoretical understanding of oppression and like history and justice and racism and really move into solutions and practices Mm -hmm. that people can be employing in their businesses and in their lives day to day. 
because it's not theoretical work. Like anti-racism isn't a theory. It is a practice. It's creating diversity and equity is not like about what your values are. It's about what you do mm-hmm. day to day to create it and to disrupt the systems and the patterns that have caused us to be replicating it. And I will also take this opportunity to say that this is work that everyone has to do. Mm-hmm. We grew up, no matter what your race is, right? No matter what your identity or gender is or anything, because all of us have grown up in a system that has taught us some very narrow narratives about what success looks like, about what professionalism looks like, about what it means to be a CEO or to run a business or to manage people. Like we all have these pretty narrow understandings of what those things look like. And what we have been taught is that those things, unfortunately, that those things look like, like corporate business practices. Mm -hmm. And those things are all rooted in exploitation of power and oppression and racism and patriarchy, right? All of those things, that's the lineage of America and the West, right? Right. So for most of us who have gone to school or in a went through a business program or coaching program, it's pretty likely actually that we've been taught to do things that are not anti-racist, that actually okay. follow patterns that are rooted in oppression and racism. And so it's not enough to just say, oh, I'm anti-racist or I believe in equity and inclusion or I have this statement on my website, which is unfortunately what we're seeing a lot of. Mm-hmm. You need to have the policies, the practices, and the procedures to back all of it up. Right. And so this is where the work is moving to. It's moving into practice. It's moving into leadership. It's moving into healing, like healing our business wounds, our economic wounds. Like, and that's what we're doing at Show Up and Serve. We are going to walk people through what this actually looks like at the next level. So now that people like are aware and understand it and kind of know where they personally stand what we're doing next is helping people bring those things into the world through practice and through action and through, you know, policy and procedure through the way we do business. Right. Right. I love that you talk about this kind of the transformation around consumption of anti-racist work in the last year, because I totally agree. I think that over the last year, many of us, and I know many people in my audience and myself included, there's been, we've been, done a lot of consumption of content, a consumption, a lot of listening and learning, which is all great and valuable and important. And also like that can't be the end of the road, the end of the road. It's like, and for a lot of people, that was the first uncomfortable step. Like, okay, I'm going to read this book. That's going to make Absolutely. me check myself. Or I'm going to listen to this podcast and just cringe because I feel guilty of every single thing they just talked about. And that's really uncomfortable. But then the next step being action, which again is like, then you take the next uncomfortable step and that's being, is taking actual action toward equity and toward leadership and speaking out in your community and taking on leadership roles in your community that actually contribute to change and acknowledgement of all these systems of oppression that many of us had blind spots around. And that's the next step. Like that's the 2021 step. And that's what you're going to be inviting people to do. Absolutely. And it's not the 2021 step. It shouldn't be the 2021 step because of like any guilt or shame, right? It should be the 2021 step because of justice and because of like actual commitment. Like it's easy when you're in consumption. And I will say that that is an important step in the journey to be consuming and listening and learning and just, but that's just step one. It's easy if you're there to get kind of stuck in shame and to get stuck in like guilt 
and mm-hmm. around like all the things that have been wrong and maybe parts of your identity and how you've contributed and what you've done wrong. And that really creates this fear, like action out of fear. And we need people, we need everybody to get past that. We need people to get over the fear and the shame and the guilt to really be solid in their understanding and who they are and be clear about just what is next. Mm, That's a really important distinction. And I appreciate that. Like giving people permission to like acknowledge it, like the guilt is going to be there and also (laughs) keep going, keep moving. Oh my gosh. Okay. This has been so good. I feel like we could keep talking for two more hours. So thank you, Trudy, so much for your time. Can you tell people where they can get all of this? So you have, do you have two podcasts or three? So two podcasts. Okay. I routinely, I was like, I've routinely listened to two, but is there a third one? Okay. So tell people about both of the podcasts. I love in your podcast with Wheeze, the conversations that you have are amazing. Cause I learned so much and I also laugh my ass off. So <laughs> tell us about the podcast and then tell us about where we can, people can learn more about show up and serve. Yes. So the two podcasts are one is that's not how that works. That is the podcast that I co-host with Weez, my friend and colleague, and that we are on hiatus from recording because it is that is emotionally heavy to produce regularly. But there's, but there's like amazing episodes. People episodes. Can, yes, yeah, like, like go, go listen to all of them. Yeah, you have plenty of content to go through. And then there's business remix, which is my solo show. I do a lot of interviews. It's a mix of interviews and solo content. And that is about, you know, new ways to do business that really center equity, inclusion, and anti-racism. So those are the podcasts. And then I do a lot of content over on Instagram. It's where I love to hang out. So folks can come over there and hang out with me on Instagram. I love it. And then where can people, uh, what's the website for show up and serve to sign up? So it's just, it's my name. So Trudy LeBron, Trudy with an I, trudylebron.com slash show up. So my website is just my name, but if you slash show up, you'll be directed right to the show up and serve website. You can sign up. It's going to be phenomenal. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm going to tell everyone all these things will be linked on the show notes. So if people go to shamelessmom.com, click on the episode with Trudy LeBron, you'll see everything linked up there. And then the show up and serve, is it May 20th and 21st? Yep. May 20th and 21st. Okay. So I signed up and also I'm going to give you all my hot tip. I also booked a hotel room for three nights. So I can fully attend all of the stuff happening with the, it's all virtual, the conference, but I'm like, I'm going to sit in a hotel room in my pajamas and listen to all the brilliance Trudy and her team and her guests are going to bring. And I'm also going to have like a mini vacation by myself in a hotel, like five minutes from my house. So you all can do that too. If you have the resources to be able to do that, I invite you to, to take that time to be able to really show up and listen in order to go serve and and be able to put into action everything Trudy is going to be teaching. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Okay. Trudy, last question. How are you currently showing up as a shameless mom? Oh my goodness. You know, I am really working on mom guilt. Hmm right now. So I am just being forgiving of the moment that I'm in, in the business and understanding that, you know, I am serving here in the business. And that means that I don't have as much time to spend, you know, with my kids and family at this moment and just being really clear and transparent with them about, you know, what's going on so that they can celebrate with me, you know, in the moments where we're not working. So I'm just being really forgiving of myself and being really clear and open about what's happening and what the needs are. And they get to see their mom changing the world. Yeah. They're super proud. They're amazing. Pretty awesome. 
Oh my gosh, Trudy, thank you so much for your time. I so appreciate you and your work and I want everyone to go to show up and serve and continue to learn from you. And just thank you for everything that you're doing. And when you're ready to launch the book, come back and we'll talk about the book. Yes, definitely will happen. All right. I can't wait. Talk to you later. Bye. Mamas, before I let you go, quick reminder that next week on Tuesday, May 11th, I'm hosting my business workshop for all my business mamas, three essential building blocks you need to grow your business. This is a totally free workshop where you are going to learn the three essential building blocks to starting and growing a successful business. Lots of little nuggets that I've learned over the 18 years of doing this myself, growing three successful businesses. You're going to also learn three ways to step into leadership and own your title as CEO. And you're going to learn three common mistakes that entrepreneurs make that can cost you everything. And I don't want that to happen to you. I don't want you to have to lose things or have like the foundation of your business fall apart beneath you. Let's not let that happen. This is going to be a really fun conversation. You're going to get to get some practical advice where you're going to be able to take things, run with them, implement them. And then also you're going to get an invitation to apply for my Tenacious Mamas Business and Leadership Mastermind. So if you feel like you need more support around building business, you want some guidance from me, you want to be in a group setting where you can learn and grow together. We have guest speakers coming in. We have two retreats coming up, one of them in Seattle, which I'm so excited about in November. Lots of good stuff that's coming up in Tenacious Mamas. This is the last time I'm opening the doors to Tenacious Mamas in 2021. And this is where you're going to get the invitation. So if you are interested in any of those goodies, go ahead and pop over to shamelessmom.com slash business to get signed up for free. That's shamelessmom.com slash business. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? 
And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.